If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and sign up. From the rewatch to the Q&A, we will have loads of content every week. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And now, here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of severemma.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 363 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, aka the Pod God. And uh, today we will be talking. Do you know what we'll be talking about? A bit of MMA judging. It won't be like us, but we will be talking about that to start off today's podcast. We'll uh, be talking Bellator, obviously, UFC. There's a big Eagle FC card next week as well, and we'll be looking at all things MMA, whatever comes up. Uh, I am joined, obviously, today uh, by the uh, Mr. McDonald of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald. Uh, and, the uh, Mr. McDonald? Yeah. Uh, the, the Ronald? Or who's <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't know where that came from. I, I had one actually prepared for you. What was I going to call you? Oh, I can't remember, but uh, I had... Shimikas. Don't mind that, no. Don't mind that stuff. We won't get into that. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we've been talking about, about all of that, but we uh, we must tell you first, the summer is here, the sun's, sun is shining, the shirts are off, and your balls are smooth. Myself and Graham were both out for barbecues today. Well, I was anyway. Graham, you were around the place, I know, drinking a few pints and stuff anyway. And Manscaped are here to help both of us um, and make sure those beach balls are as smooth as the Floridian or the, even the Dublin sand. Uh, in summer, you want to kill some cold beers and barbecues, as we did. Not kill the vibe, pews peeking out of your sh- swim thrunks. That's why Manscaped has their performance package 4.0 to keep the party in your pants looking crisp and refreshing all summer long. Dive headfirst into the summer by joining 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get hot guy summer going by going to manscaped.com and using the promo code SEVEREMMA for 20% off plus free shipping. While you're there, get the performance package 4.0. You'll have a load of stuff inside now. Lawnmower 4.0. Uh, for, yeah, indeed. I got it right, Shani. Well done. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Easy for me to say. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Reviver Toner, as well as the Boxer Briefs and the Shed Travel Bag. That Lawnmower 4.0, it's unbelievable, lads. I'm telling you. Uh, 7,000 RPM motor, new multifunction on and off switch, which can engage travel lock, and it gives you the ability to turn on the 4,000K LED spotlight when you need a bit of a more precise shave. Did I mention it's waterproof? So you can go into the lake and do it. Please don't do it in the pool. But you can do it in the lake if you want to, if you're far away from people. Your downstairs weeds are taken care of. Why not look after the rest of it with um, liquid formulations? Before heading outside, use a crop preserve ball deodorant to stay cool in the heat. Uh, after long days, mowing the grass, get your crotch back to tip-top shape with the crop reviver. Uh, to top it all off, the boxers and the shared travel bag, you can put them on into it, and that'd be perfect. Sure, you know yourself. Uh, want to take your grooming even further? Look at Manscaped's Shears 2.0. Send me out that Manscaped. I'm still waiting for it. I want one of them. There's everything you need to look pristine with your nails. Nails, cutter, tweezers, grooming scissors, the whole shebang, lads. With the performance package, your balls will be ready to impress. But make sure you cover the rest with the shears to bind dough and you'll be ready to perform from head to toe. So get 20% off at free shipping over at manscaped.com. Use the code SEVERMA. That's 20% off of free shipping at manscaped.com. This is the summer to turn your package into the full package with our friends over at Manscaped. Right, Graham, let's talk about Bellator, and let's talk about MVP versus Logan Storley. Um, In my mind, the most controversial decision we've had in a long, long, long time. There are lots of decisions which are debated afterwards, and, you know, some people get it right, some people get it wrong, some people have some arguments, like... 
a lot of the fights, I think some people come at it from like a genuine point of view and say it's 10-9 fighter A, 10-9 fighter B. And there's a lot of like ungenuine people as well kind of saying robbery all over the place. And we, we, you know, we get into those debates all the time. But a lot of the time, it's like either a misunderstanding of the criteria why people are disagreeing or people just think, look, I thought this shot was harder than this shot. I thought whatever was, uh, you know, better than whatever. And I think this person won and the other person think this person won. And that's natural. That's going to happen uh, in mixed martial arts. And, you know, we look at the, the uh, rounds week in, week out through the judging criteria. And I think, I don't know if you would agree with me, Graham, but I have been saying it for a long time that there are very few, very bad decisions. There are very few bad decisions even. There are very few decisions that I couldn't understand. Now, there are lots of decisions I disagree with, but very few I can't yeah, understand. Even last week, I disagreed with the decision. I said, oh, I had it actually four rounds for Rose, I believe. But she couldn't have any complaints because the, the rounds were that close. It came down to how much uh, impact or how much you, you consider a strike compared to another strike. That's how close it was. But this fight, I think, was the MVP story fight was different. Uh, yeah, like... I think MVP got robbed. <laughs> like I know people don't like when you say the robbery word and all that stuff. Maybe maybe it was thrown around too much in the past, and uh, as you said, it's been thrown around a lot, like on, on social media and stuff like that. But I do think that like uh, Storley just he didn't mount any uh, impactful strikes at all in the whole f- first four rounds anyway. And you know, I think I think in the second round maybe there was a couple of small elbows he landed, but Page. Uh, and Page was was landing like small, like nothing shots as well. Both were landing nothing shots. I think Page is actually landing more nothing shots uh, when he was or up against the fence. Uh, I don't say it lightly anymore. Maybe I did in the past. Uh, you probably go back and look at the podcast. I can't really remember, but I haven't said it in a long time. But I do think this was a really, really bad decision. Uh, sorry, slight technical difficulties there, but we're back again. Uh, I, yeah, I tend to agree with you, Graham. Like I. I you know, we, I I don't think there's anyone in the media as favorable to judges as me. Now, and and uh, I think that gives me the Should right have to call you the Peter Walton of them. <laughs> eh? <laughs> was, oh, was it me? I thought that was someone else. You're calling that? Fair no, enough. I was calling you that. Obviously. Uh, okay, I, 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 I don't know why it means someone else. Uh, but look, I, I don't like the word robbery because robbery has like the connotation that oh, there's someone getting paid off or there's someone, you know, on favouring someone unfairly or something or it's a whole I don't mean that. I know that. you don't I mean don't. that, but there's that's the connotation around. Now, when if I say that word robbery here, I do not mean that whatsoever. I mean it's a bad decision and one that I can't fathom in my brain why someone scored it that way via the criteria for one person right so let's get that out of the way first there's no you know there's no one getting paid off or there's no there's uh, if you if you think that's a question in your head i would take that completely out of because the three guys judging this fight are three very good judges and three stand-up guys as much as i know them um you know one was david leatherby who gave it to uh mvp he is you know a british judge who's been coming up with we mentioned ben cartledge a lot they've kind of come up together he's one of the best judges in the world he's been judging on cage wires for years and years and years and um he should definitely should be in the spot brian minor i've mentioned him before to me he's one of the top five judges on planet earth right now i I think he's that good i think he's absolutely brilliant and a brilliant referee as well and then michael bell as well who's you know probably in the the top 10 judges in the world if not the top five as well a very very good judge so look i have a disagreement with him as i said last night on twitter and I explained uh, my scoring of the fight in a second now. As I said last night on Twitter, all of those lads have put on great cards, put in great cards before, and will continue to do it. So, uh, you know, but uh, still, you have to call this for what it is. Now, let's get into the fight altogether. And this is, look, it is a great example, or would have been a great example, of how fights should be scored in mixed martial arts these days. Because. We preach all the time, and, and the, the reason why I'm kind of so heated about this is because the words we preach all the time, and the words the judges try to preach and the commissions try to preach about uh, impactful striking and impactful grappling being the first criterion, as someone pointed out to me. It's not criteria is double, criterion is one, isn't that it? Uh, yeah, it being the first range of criterion, or the first criterion, um, that should score first. And if that's even, obviously, we know, as we talked about last week, we got to the effective aggressiveness uh, and uh, cage control. Um, 
And now the big issue for people here, I think, is what effective grappling is. And having spoken to judges, you know, um, many different judges, I think most of them would agree, and most of them that I've spoken to have said to me that effective grappling is not just taking a guy down, unless it's a big high amplitude takedown, which causes damage, which hurts someone, or, you know, not, not even hurts someone, just it's a big slam or something like that. That obviously does score. Uh, but effective grappling is not just hold, taking someone down and holding someone down effective grappling is getting into a position where you're going towards the end of the fight effective grappling is going for submissions effective grappling is going almost breaking a lad's arm effective grappling is getting a lad and threatening with submissions even if you don't get them necessarily still effective there are scores higher than just holding someone there but you have to be moving you have to be going forward changing positions uh, is not effective grappling because why would you score for someone just changing positions? Like if if uh, MVP changes from Southpaw to Orthodox, is that effective striking? Should he score from that? What's the difference between that and you changing from you know half guard on one side to half guard on the other side or to side control? Like to me, I think half guard is a better position than side control, but a lot of people would probably disagree with that. But why should you get... Why should you score? And you, sh- you shouldn't. You know, you don't. And you don't via the criteria, right? So that's the first thing we need to lay out here as a fact of the judging criteria that effective grappling is not just controlling a position ground control does not score in the first criterion of effective striking and effective grappling if there was zero strike landed strikes landed if there was zero aggression then controlling the cage would count in the third criterion and you can win by cage control that does not happen we spoke about it last week. If you haven't heard that podcast, please go and listen to it. There, when there are strikes landed, even if it's only one or two, even if it's 10, you know, even if it's 40, they do not go to that. They decide between the strikes. If there's two, no strikes in a round and two submission attempts, one for each person, they decide who had the better submission attempt, who ca- either caused more damage or was going towards the finish, closer to the finish, and they would give the round based on that effective grappling. That is how MMA is scored, and that is how MMA should be scored, right? And to me, that's not how this fight was scored. Because for the first four rounds, now the, the second round, I, I, it was the second round, wasn't it, where uh, Logan Storley landed maybe 10 to 15, maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit longer, seconds of um, elbows, maybe two or three elbows and some shots on top, which were definitely effective striking. Uh, so I can see a judge seeing that after you know it, the position that he had earned himself on the ground. This, uh, yeah, there, wasn't, marks, there wasn't much in there. No, but, in my but, opinion, but, yeah. but in court marks, the advantageous position he had earned, he did something with it by getting shots to, uh, in that round, and that—that's me. I didn't score. But he that was round eating shots as well in yeah. the, those positions. If if he, yeah, I don't know. Like it's a real stretch to exactly. It's a stretch. Given that round, I think. Yeah, I, I agree as well. It's a stretch. But at least he did something in that position, in that advantageous position. I'll say it again with quotation marks to earn himself points, to earn himself something that he can score with. But find me another place in the first four rounds where he did that. Anywhere. When I say anywhere, let's go through it second by second for those 20 minutes and find me anywhere apart from that where he had effective striking or effective grappling. There was none. And he won the, he won the fight in those rounds by, by uh, you know, two of the judges' scorecards. Awful. I, I really think that's... And now, I respect the two judges. Let me say that again, and I don't know what happened. But you cannot win a fight, or you should not win a fight, by just holding someone there and having no effective striking and no effective grappling. And what came from the other side of it, maybe people will say here, but MVP did nothing either. MVP did something. In the first round, he was landing little shot after little shot after little shot as Logan Sorley was pushing him against the cage. He landed a one relatively big shot in this fight, anyway, at the start of the round. That was a million times more than anything Logan Storley did. How anyone could score that round for Logan Storley is beyond me. Didn't land one shot, had no effective grappling in it whatsoever. The second round we just discussed, MVP landed a few shots again early. I thought what he landed early, and it was a, it was actually a, a longer part uh, on the uh, in the stand-up than uh, in the first round, and MVP landed a couple of good shots. You know, if you want to give that round to Logan Sorley, I can at least I can understand it. You know, 
the third round again. Oof, I don't know. I, I can yeah. understand it. I don't agree with it. I absolutely don't agree with it. Uh, and in the other round, then it was the exact same as the first round. It was even less landed by Logan Storley. Uh, I'm, I hope I'm not mixing up. It was the second round, wasn't it, where Sorley scored. It, it, you, people know anyway. The, the round where he scored the last 10 seconds is the one where I think it could have been scored the other way. And the other of the first three rounds, it just he did nothing again. Didn't land any strikes. Did absolutely nothing. The four round in, I think all three all, all three judges gave the four round to uh, MVP, if I'm not mistaken. I'll pull up the scorecard in a second. Um, that one was just absolutely clear and obvious. He just he had a good bit of time on the feet. Storley took him down again to absolutely nothing. And then in the fifth round. Now, the fifth round was an interesting round because Storley did exactly what he needed to do to win that round and showed exactly what he didn't do to win the first four rounds, in my opinion. Like, he got the fight to the ground and he landed strike after strike after strike. Now, not that many strikes. It wasn't near a 10-8 or anything like that. But he landed enough strikes to win that round on the ground. If he'd done that in all four of the other rounds, this would have been 50-45. No one would have been saying anything, absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. The problem is, though, he didn't. And MVP landed the strikes that he landed in the fifth in rounds one, two, three, and four. Maybe not as good, maybe not as impactful, but he landed some strikes. He landed something. He landed all of the da- literally all of the damage, all yeah, of the. Yeah, I actually thought he had some pretty good strikes and some pretty too, impactful actually, yeah. strikes, and like that story did well to kind of shake them off and take them, and was kind of you could see that they affected him a couple of times. I thought, but like, yeah, I think you know John McCarthy on the the comment the commentary Bizarre. might have influenced uh, a few fans, but for the judges, I don't think there's. You know, there's much excuse for this fight. It's just a really bad decision. But yeah, John McCarthy, who's supposed to, obviously a former ref involved in the rules making, all that stuff, you'd expect him to to know better, but uh, he he doesn't seem to. And uh, the reaction on Twitter and things like that, 99% of fighters don't seem to understand the rules. They seem to be kind of along the same lines of thinking as Big John McCarthy. Which... Which I don't actually mind, to be honest, because we get it every week. The big problem here, though, is to the judges, uh, which saddened me. And I, I the, look, if it was two local schlubs, not from the UK, because local UK judges, but like, let's say last year when it was, um, when it was, uh, uh and Tebow against Rory McDonald, and it was the, you know, the robbery of last year, it was Eric Cologne gave it the right way, and then there was two locals, uh, judging who gave it the wrong way. If that had happened here, I could say, look, they fucked up. They put a guy who had done, you know, two Cage Warriors cards yeah. and Obama in there and he hadn't done it in four years and he hadn't a clue what he was doing. We can understand it. I, I just can't understand it this way. And that to me is the most disappointing part because you tell the people all the time, this is how fights should be scored via what's written. Not my opinion, not your opinion, Graham, not the opinion of anyone apart from what's written down and what should be factual and especially when it's obvious you know this was obvious obvious. and then Michael Bell gave four rounds to Storley only gave the fourth round to MVP it just it's bizarre crazy mad that first round like that first round I I don't know honestly I don't know how you could give it to Storley he did nothing absolutely and utterly not and be, you know if you're listening to this right and in, you're saying, in, to be honest in my opinion it's, yeah. it's not possible to give him any of the first four rounds Meaning. not even just the first round but uh, the f- four of them like just phew, I don't know what's going on there to be honest uh, it's just a bad day at the office or <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what's going on there but like I fully expected even though on Twitter and John McCarthy and all that I fully expected MVP like I haven't been that shocked by a decision in a long time yeah I, I, I honestly, I can't remember the last time I was shocked. And people talking about Arlovsky and Collier last week. You look at my tweet before that result was was, uh, was read out. I, I said, look, I have it for Collier, but I feel like a 29-28 Arlovsky here could happen. And then it did happen, you know? And people are calling that a robbery. It's not. And the reason why we are so maybe apoplectic about this uh, is because it's, it's one of those ones, right, where to... The naked eye, if you want, if it's just some casual coming in watching this fight, it doesn't look like a bad decision or it doesn't look like an important decision. But I think people who have been following the judging scene, if you want to put it that way, and following what way fights are judged, I think this is a real setback for for judging. I really do. You, to score a fight like this this way 
is everything that is that people say is wrong with judging and that's sad that is sad to see honestly and i don't care if it's mvp or sort i like both guys honestly i'm a big fan of both i was uh, i was talking to Ian gary a while back about uh, about logan storley and you go and listen to that interview i said i was a big fan of him and i have a picture of mvp up my wall behind me i like both these guys an awful lot i said on the betting show last week i thought um Storley would win and it's it's not as if I have I have no horse in the race here really to uh, either way yeah. like I, I picked MVP to win but like I've now like I picked a million fighters to win who haven't won like it doesn't affect me in terms of like I'm not like uh, on tilt or whatever as they say in poker afterwards like you know the second round with the elbows maybe maybe the elbows look bigger from cage side maybe yeah okay that round second round okay that's understandable they they all seem to give that round to uh, Story, I believe. So let's say that round, but uh, the first, the third, and the fourth, I think, as you said, it's uh, with how like kind of uh, taken out opinion uh, or how the rules are written to kind of take away opinion these days about like you know grappling in the olden days that that would have been Storley's fight everybody would have you know the way Cormier talks about it oh he stole around with that takedown or whatever that yeah. would have been the case but that's so many years ago like and you like it's I can't even remember the last time we both agreed that something was a robbery or either of us said it, it yeah. was a robbery you go back like two podcasts and we always say what we think and we, we say things that are wrong and whatever all the time and all that stuff but we literally, I can't remember the last time we I, said I there was a even, robbery. I didn't even say the Rory McDonald Gleason Tivo one last year was a robbery. I went back and watched that and I was like, look, there are certain ways. I don't, I didn't agree with it. But I was like, there are certain ways you could have scored it a little bit differently. It, it was one I could kind of half understand. This one, I just, I, I, I really, really can't. And now we must say as well, look, uh, and to me, to, to go full Peter Walton here, it's a, it's a tough job for the judges. It's a really tough job, and the pressure of a world title fight in someone's backyard. But as you as said, well. these guys are experienced. It's yeah. not like this is Michael Bell and Brian Mi- uh, Brian Minor. You know what I mean? This is, yeah. as you said, it's not two guys who have been out of the game for a while or haven't been in a big show before. Maybe got influenced by the crowd or something like that. You know, it's not. Or got, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's I, w- I was reminded about something that you said. I was talking to someone about this result, and you know, you always said a phrase to me: "How can the referee give uh, in in soccer? How can the referee give a, a free when he when the incident never happened? You know, you know, if someone like falls over and they say, oh, foul, and no one ever touched him. How yeah. can he like? How can you give these if you rounds? You didn't see it. You can't give it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? How can you give these rounds to Logan Storley when he did nothing offensive? Nothing like n o t h i n g nothing you know and that that's the batting part but anyway uh we we probably talked like 15 minutes about just the, ju- <laughs> the judging years so we're just going back and forth all in all this was a, a terrible fight uh I, I bet you'd like the judges were there and they're probably like saying it's all three of them to themselves this is a fucking nightmare why am i uh, <laughs> why am i on this fight please get me out of here uh but yeah it was look it was storley holding mvp down I, not even holding him down holding, holding him against, against the, the fence yeah, yeah. the referee uh, Jacob Montalvo he had actually one great card on the night uh, in the judging but he should have stood this up time after time after time and I know I've been calling for more stand-ups but this was a and this was a great example of why there should be. He just did nothing. Yeah, he, he said to him, "You got to improve your position. You got to move." But it's like, and no, you don't. You got to actually land some impact. You got to yeah. do, do something more, not like. Uh, and he, every, uh, it's just he landed no impact and didn't improve. And he his got position real close a couple of times. You're like, yeah, he got real close a couple of times. And I'm, I'm not really a big fan of the the breakups. But when a guy has got his hands clasped or clasped around somebody's waist for like you know. 15 of 25 minutes you know maybe MVP was bad as well because MVP you know MVP's performance like you know he he could have he should have probably you know not thrown that knee in the fifth that ended up kind of getting him in a bad position and there's a couple other times where he he probably could have played it safer but that's his style you know he's he's used that flair and that kind of unpredictability and that kind of like you know risk taking uh striking to amazing effect and kind of got him where to where he is and you know it's hard to say in in a way you could say you know uh on the scorecards he needed to make something happen <laughs> so the, the knee was kind of like you know it turned out was probably a good decision even though in my opinion 
you know, he was well ahead at the time. But yeah, for MVP, obviously it's a devastating loss for him. But I think, you know, uh, most people agree. I think that MVP won that. And, you know, uh, for him, it's kind of unfortunate because he stepped up against a guy who's actually a really kind of difficult opponent and a top guy who doesn't really have the name value and people might look at that who aren't who aren't kind of dialed into to the the scene as much and think oh he lost to some nobody and they won't know that it was like a, a robbery and it was a an actually tough guy even though he's not really kind of double whammy uh, really bringing much name value yeah it's a bad night for for mvp and unfortunate night yeah and you know sometimes as well even though it was a bad a bad performance and it's funny that it came the week after carlos barza versus roseland munich and also have two people ever done less to win titles than logan sorley and carlos barza like two the two titles in a row won and uh, hardly a punch was landed for for nine rounds anyway. Okay, in the fifth round, Storley did land a couple uh, <laughs> absolute madness. But it's it's a new way to win. It's it a, is. That's how you win belts. You, you do nothing and you hope the judges give you the decision. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be bad. But like Rosalind Yunus talked last week about oh how she was game planning really well, and she thought she was fighting to a game plan to win that way. Like if MVP's game plan was not to get on his back and land strikes and feet when he got there, well. Do you know that game plan actually worked pretty well because he should have won four of those five rounds. To be honest, if we're if we're being honest, like he didn't get dominated against the cage in any way, shape, or form. Uh, he ate no damage, no damage yeah. whatsoever. Didn't take a punch for four rounds, apart from five or ten seconds at the end of one round. Uh, didn't get near getting submitted. Wasn't really even taken down. To be honest, much. <laughs> he was pushed against the fence. When he was, he'd scoot back to the yeah. the fence. Like yeah, yeah. So uh, it's. Like, if you look at that and say, oh, okay, you don't score defense, but there was no question who scored more offensively. Like, <laughs> it, it wasn't as if Michael Van like was defending all fight and everything. It was. If Logan had come out and just taken him down straight away and held him against the cage like he did without any strikes. Yes. Yeah, Grant, no fair problem. enough. Yeah. But that's not what happened. Like, there was at least... A, I don't know, I can't remember exactly, 45 seconds a minute or up to two, two and a half, three minutes on the feet uh, in various rounds where MVP was like completely dominating. So, yeah, it's just, uh, just a baffling decision. Yeah, this is our... Uh our robbery of the year started anyway because I don't think there will I don't think we will have another robbery this year because judging is so good and we haven't had one so far we're five months in to the, to the year Not for me there has been no robbery until this and this is the first ro- robbery I can remember in, in a long long time um, and uh, yeah I ho- look uh, I hope it's not a fight that judges see and they think well this is the way to judge fights I'd love this fight to be brought up and all four rounds be watched in a judging seminar and people who are in the know to explain and tell all of the judges why this should yeah. be judged uh, the didn't, proper didn't way. you say before that the judges kind of have a review after yeah I was on uh, they do yeah after fights yeah, I, I have no, I, I, I uh, probably for a few different reasons I haven't heard about uh the review after this event but I was on the call the other day for the, the California Athletic Commission with the judges going through different rounds and it was very very good there was a it was funny there was like a few different trainers and things on talking about it and just like talking absolute codswallop and then uh, Sal D'Amato actually came on and he was brilliant you know people talk shit about Sal D'Amato that guy is fantastic he's a really intelligent guy really smart a, a, a great mind for judging and, and for mixed martial arts and it can explain things really well as well and um I did. If anyone here is in media or anything or a fighter, could get onto those calls. They happen maybe once every six weeks, once every month or two months, maybe even, uh, and they're invaluable. They're brilliant. Actually, the the UK uh, new commission did one a couple of weeks ago as well, and I fucking missed it. But I will hope I'll be on the next one. I didn't have to go on as well. So it's great that they're doing things like that, and you know we uh, we need more of them. And the top judges are. You know, the top judges are absolutely great. And if they can educate kind of the ones on the way up or the local judges, uh, that's absolutely fantastic. And, it, you know, uh, this is a great fight to educate judges, I think, after uh, and to go through with a fine tooth comb. And uh, I hope that's that's done. Anyway, let's move on. Look, congratulations to Logan Sorley. He's the, he is the the champion. He'd probably fight and rematch Amasov now. In a, that was a gargantuan battle, that first fight. You know, he might have been unlucky a little bit in that fight as well with that result because that was a very, very close fight. That was an, a, re, a way harder fight to score, to be honest. Uh, it was just like all wrestling and uh, it was a 
it was a fun fight in terms of just a wrestling and and uh, grappling battle. Uh, if you like that sort of thing, so I think that's what we'll have again, and hope Amos- hopefully Amosov uh, is good and can get back fighting in MMA instead of fighting in a war very very soon, and we can see him back there. Um, yeah, tough night for the the president of the the judges union, Sean Sheen. Indeed, so, yeah. <laughs> indeed, no no further questions at this time. Uh, <laughs> Fabian Edwards Graham, <laughs> one of your 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 guys since he was an amateur, finally fulfilled his potential in 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 a certain way. Great performance from Fabian, wasn't it? You know, we kind of talked about it before about him kind of needing to make something happen and not waiting. And it's kind of been a problem where he's he's kind of waited for an opening and sometimes it's not there and he ends up losing the decision. I was kind of saying on the podcast that I hope he doesn't do that again. And he didn't, you know, he went out there and he, you know, obviously Machida's a legend and all that stuff. Uh some guys go in there and kind of have, have too much respect for them and that could have been a problem but he definitely he definitely kind of looks to have come out with a coming of age performance like you know it's it's hard to it's hard to know exactly where Machida's at now you know he's he's getting on quite significantly and you know he's he's not really a wrestler that's caused uh problems and losses for for Fabian in the past uh you know, uh, the only loss I think he actually had was the Vanderfort one, but uh, that's beside the point anyway. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, we've talked about it for years. As you mentioned, we've been talking about this guy since he was an amateur and he definitely has like all the tools in terms of striking and uh, ability in, inside the cage. But it's just about implementing the right game plan and letting his shots go and kind of... Uh, being a bit more offensive uh, than he has been uh, recently and uh, I mentioned on the podcast before that maybe it was that he was able to you know just wait for his opponents to make a mistake and capitalize and get a nice highlight finish uh, as he was coming up but as the opponents get more difficult and you come up against guys who are trying to wrestle you and hold you down and um, basically trying to nullify your game because they know you have all these all these tools and he's going to have to he's going to have to prove it against a wrestler again but I think this will give him confidence and kind of it's important that he didn't go out there and lose again you know even though there's a lot of controversy around that that split decision that he had uh, for his first loss but the shipment fight before that wasn't great either so I think this was a very important win and you know uh, I'm kind of on the verge of saying it's a coming of age performance but I think he has to kind of go out there against a hard-nosed wrestler and do it again but he definitely has all the tools and you know he's a very exciting guy when he's when he's on form and mm-hmm. hopefully this is a turning point for him i i kind of would tend to disagree with you that it's a it's a wrestler wrestler issue i think the bigger issue for fabian is actually letting his hands go and it's kind of disguising itself maybe as a wrestler issue because they're getting more of an opportunity to get in on him because he's not throwing the amount of shots he should to make him pay to stop them wrestling, you know? Um, and sometimes those things can be uh, can be mixed up, you know? <laughs> they, they really, really can. We've seen strikers throughout the years come in. Jose Aldo is the perfect example. He threw the strikes to stop the wrestling from happening before the wrestling even started. And Fabian wasn't doing that, and he hasn't been doing that. But this fight, okay, maybe because Machida isn't a wrestler, you know, which game comes first, the fucking the chicken or the egg? It's it's hard to know, I suppose. But if Fabian can do what he did in this, and he he had no fear whatsoever coming into this fight, you know, he said afterwards, "What did it feel?" They asked him, "What did it feel like fighting a legend?" He was like, "I'm a legend too." And it's like that's the fucking attitude that Fabian Edwards needs. He needs to go out there and say and think he is the best middleweight in the world. No matter who's standing across the cage from him, and go for it. Because he he has good takedown defense. He can stop takedowns. He's, you know, uh, Leon Edwards is a very good wrestler. And he trains with, obviously, his brother all the time. Tom Breeze is a very good wrestler. Brilliant on the ground. He's in his gym training with him all the time. He can do it. He can do it. I, f- I just feel like Fabian Edwards, he, he lacks belief a little bit when he has no reason to. This guy is brilliant. He is brilliant. Do you know what he needs? I, I don't know, uh, Graham, if you, you know... know Maybe he's in the doing too many rounds with Leon and Leon's fucking <laughs> stifling him too much. Maybe, maybe, yeah, that, know, that could maybe. be it. That could be it. If he's like, do you know? I don't know if you've heard of her, Caroline Currid, right? She's like the mind coach for the Limerick Hurlers and for Munster. She, I think, she was with Dublin and Tyrone, and they all become like champions when she Monster. goes and works with them. Monster champions. Oh, well, 
she's only been working with him for a year. Give it, give it time. But <laughs> um, I've, employ her. Get, get, get the number off of fucking JP McManus for her. Bring her, bring her over. Okay, to, get to the Leinster guy. Get the Leinster guy nah, in. Don't, don't mind that. Don't mind that. Uh, but uh, that's that. You know, that's what he needs. And I would, I honestly, I I tweeted it last night and I said it last week. Fabian Edwards is one of the best middleweights in the world. If he can just get out of his way a little bit and believe in himself a little bit more. And it's, do you know what? It's very rarely a problem we see in mixed martial arts because sometimes these fucking guys believe in themselves too much, you know? And they're like, I'm a world champion, I'm this, I'm that. And then they go in there and they're like, well, you got fucking knocked out by, uh, you know, a 14 and 4 guy because you didn't take him seriously because you're 4 and 0 and you thought you were brilliant, you know? That that can fucking happen. And, f- you know, fav- I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I think the world of Fabian, I think he's brilliant and uh, hopefully he can kick on from this this could be it. Like, beating Leona Machida, even we can talk about Leona at this time if it is his life and all. But as I just said there, I think it's a mental thing more than a physical thing. He has all the physical abilities. If this beating Leona Machida, the former champ, can bring you to that next mental stage where you believe in yourself, then it's worth more than any win he'll ever have. And we, as you said, Graham, we will see that uh, over the next couple of fights. And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, to seeing where he goes. Um Paul Daly then um, what a yeah. what a right hook from El you know we all expected the left hook I suppose do you know what though I was expecting Windle the left hook was kind of in there as well it was, before it, it, it was definitely thrown in there I, I was back in Windle Giacomo to win this fight he's a very good fighter and you know in the first he's looking good nine yeah. minutes he was showing that he was taking him down a very good wrestler he didn't show his striking as much as he has in previous fights and on, honestly I think Windle coming back in there I'd actually like to see Windle against MVP maybe next but people probably <laughs> give out about that I think that'd actually be a good fight but um, he was doing well and he was dominating the fight and it went, I look in here it went 9 minutes and 9 seconds and he was probably dominating it for what 8 minutes 57 seconds ish or something like that and then Daly just started throwing bombs when he got back to the feed and 2 3 maybe 4 of them landed and the last one was the last punch maybe Paul Daly will ever land? Probably not. Uh, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> and it knocked Giacomo out. And what a moment, though. What a fucking moment in front of the London crowd. I know he's from Nottingham, but he's, you know, he's a British through and through. And um, a beautiful punch and a beautiful knockout. I, I, yeah, in fairness, yeah. like the, the, the fake retirement does add a bit of it does, oh, it to does, it, yeah. in fairness. <laughs> I, every Irish, if I was fucking uh, Kieran Clark, I'd like be before my next fight in Dublin, I'd be like, I'm retiring after this one. You're five and all, man. Why do you not retire? I am, I am. I'm going to retire. Just do it every time. Richard Kiley did it in fucking three and uh, one. I think it has to be more believable than, yeah, Richard Kiley's like fucking <laughs> four or five deep and he's, and he's fucking retiring. <laughs> and then he's like on the podcast like a day later being like, ah, well like you know yourself (laughs) (laughs) I love Richard Richard needs to come back he's get Richard back on one of these cards coming up here would be great but uh, yeah Paul Daly a legend I, look, I feel weird always. People probably going to come on this week and podcast and talk about Paul Daly and how much of a legend he was and his whole career and everything I just can't believe that he's not going to fight again especially after you know he didn't necessarily look bad when he was uh, getting beaten in the first nine minutes of the fight and he looked great in the finish you know so Paul Daly's by no means shot or anything like that he can still have great fights in Bellator he probably, yeah. look he's probably going you know, to be his, la- his losses are Jason Jackson MVP John Fitch Rory McDonald, Douglas Lima you know going back to to uh, 2013 you know what I mean like uh, he, he, okay, he's not in there beating the best guys in the world, but he's beaten Lorenz Larkin, Saeed Awad, you know, some decent guys, Eric Silva, uh, maybe not the Eric Silva of uh, chiseled statue UFC days, but, you know, some good wins. Bre- Brennan Ward, you know, he's fought some really good guys and obviously he's been around a long time. He's got some, what, 44, what is it? How many wins did he have? 44 wins and 18, 18 losses. losses. Yeah. You know, he's been around a long time. He's, He's in the UFC. He's been everywhere, you know. And yeah, I'm kind of reluctant to go into the Paul Daly kind of career when I'm 99.9% sure he'll be fighting again in six to nine months. If he's still retired at Christmas, we'll do a Christmas special Paul Daly career retrospective. We'll come back and we'll we'll do it. Uh, The rest of the card in, Simon Beyond got a bit of a shock win over Luke Trainer. You know, Luke Trainer was winning the first round well. Could it have been a 10 8? I, I don't know. Um, could the second round have been a 10-8 for Bayang, maybe, and then Bayang won the third as well, so 
like I think a draw isn't necessarily the worst card in the world there I also think 29-28 Bayang isn't the worst card in the world I think 29-27 Bayang isn't the worst card in the world and I think 28-27 Bayang is also not a bad card so you could have had a lot there I think was it 3 29-28s across the board I'm, I don't know I don't have it up here in front of me but he won the decision anyway and it's a setback for Luke Trainer. you know at 5-1 and one. looked great in that first round but you know Jakey was on with me in the week on Hot Topic and he was kind of saying geez, this was a bizarre fight to make um and you know it was good matchmaking if if we're if we're being honest in terms of fighter A versus fighter B, but in terms of pushing an up and coming uh, star like Luke Trainer as he could have been, I don't know. I'm not sure about that one. I can't complain too much when it's an even fight and one guy makes a great comeback and stuff. So I'm not going to give out too much about it. But yeah, as you mentioned, Ben, ben Carlage gave ten uh, eight in the first round. Uh, Letterby gave ten eight the other way in the second round, and Carlage gave ten eight in the second round as well. So oh yeah. Yeah. So Ben had a what, 28-27, did he? 28-27, Letterby had a 29-27, and uh, uh, Brian Miner had a 29-28. Yeah, that's funny. So like, yeah, uh, what I said there was, was pretty true. So Sean knows, Sean knows. Anyway, uh, Daniel Weichel uh, knocked out Robert uh, Whiteford. Everyone, I feel like, just says Robert Whitaker whenever Robert Whiteford's name comes up. That's just that's you, Robert Whitaker. Some, no, there was some website had it the other day as well. But anyway, uh, beautiful uppercut and a right hook came after it. Uh, a massive, massive knockout for Weichel after his uh, last two, Pedro Carvalho. Uh, there maybe Pedro versus Whiteford might be the the next fight. Maybe that makes sense. Consider maybe that would have made sense know. the last time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, we won't get into that again like we did last week. Uh, Alina Kalinidou uh, got a very good comeback win there against uh, Kate Jackson in the second round. Of lovely uh, TK on punches. Oliver Incamp got a buggy choke. What a yeah, buggy choke. Yeah. yeah. I haven't yeah, seen one of him in a while. Yeah. Well, very good. Andrew McGahan be delighted with that one over Mark Liminger who was uh, winning that fight up until then. Uh, Hashtag Jiu-Jitsu doesn't work. Yeah, Alfie Davis, it doesn't. Uh, Alfie Davis and Tim, but uh, Oliver Incamp was training with Steven Seagal, so Aikido works. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Alfie Davis and uh, Have you not Tim seen Wilder Hard to Kill? Indeed. Andrew Fisher won. Uh, Rosinski won and Pinko won. But Charlie Ward, Graham, Car- uh, he won 30-25 on my card. One judge had him 30-25. Another judge, two judges had a 30-27. Uh, the two judges had, so he won a unanimous decision. Great comeback win here. A comeback, I mean, from injury win for Charlie Ward. He dominated the whole fight apart from when Alan Carlos landed one big shot at the end of the first. I still gave him the first, to be honest. And I gave him a 10-8 in the second, 10-8 in the third, because he just took him down, bloodied him up, and fucking destroyed him. So, look, a, an easier matchup for Charlie, I suppose you would, you would have to say that. But he dispatched him as well. You know, we've seen a lot of easy matchups for people recently and haven't done a great job of it. But Charlie did a fantastic job of it and absolutely destroyed Alan Carlos here, Graham. Impressive stuff. Yeah, it was really good from Charlie. Obviously, you mentioned uh, the kind of getting tagged, but we've seen Charlie come through that before. He kind of, he, he nearly even likes that, you know. <laughs> he, he If he came out of a fight and he hadn't been hit, he'd probably be disappointed as the kind of guy Charlie is, but he put a lot of damage on uh, on his opponent. His, you know, we mentioned before his opponent's coming off a big uh, layoff and, you know, maybe he'll be he'll be thinking he shouldn't have come back after that, after that. Uh, some some very hard shots and uh, you know Charlie maybe it was a bit of a strange matchup. Uh, maybe like he should be more on the verge of fighting a, a ranked contender than a guy coming back from from a long layoff and you know years out of the game. We, maybe he's been training the whole time and getting ready for fights and they've fallen apart. I don't really know, but. You know, it's a it's a big ass to come in there, and he had no answers for Charlie. Uh, really, bar that, that kind of moment, and uh, yeah, another another good win for Charlie, and hopefully they'll give him a kind of you know a named opponent or a a ranked or close to ranked at least do opponent you, next. Do, do you want my name for Dublin? Leora Machida. Oof. Yeah. Why not? Let's do it. Let's have some. It would probably it'd probably be a pretty big fight. You yeah. know, it'd probably be get hyped over here it'll have a lot of uh, a lot of attention and obviously it'll be the crowd will be massively into it by the time it can't come around you know uh, Mintita's obviously a legend and the Irish fans obviously are going to support their own but they, they all have a lot of respect as well from uh, my experience for uh, you know figures like Machida in the game and when they come here and fight so yeah I think that would it'd be good for Machida as well you know to get over here and kind of be in a big atmosphere again 
Charlie obviously would love to, to fight a legend like Machida and it would be a huge win if he could get it. Yeah, let's do it. And also, I, I tweeted last night, um, could we see maybe Fabian Edwards fighting the winner of Gegard Musassi against Johnny Eblen, which is coming up, and uh, Scott Coker replied with the, the kind of the tinky face emoji, for, and I said for Dublin as well, so maybe we could be seeing a middleweight title fight. The what one. face? The, the, what like, face? The, the tinky face? You know, you're thinking. Tinky? Oh, yeah, you're like, Ooh, I was thinking. Mm, oh, okay. 33 mm, and a third. Mm, 33 and what's that? 33 and a third? What's that about? Is that an Irish <laughs> accent? Give it go. Yeah, it? Be, uh, 33 and a third. Did you hear my great impressions the other day, actually, on the, the preview show? I did. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you any good impressions? Any impressions for us? Oh, no, I'm absolutely diabolical no? uh, impressions. Go on, give us My like, impressions, like, if, if I try to do, like, a, an Australian one, it bleeds into, like, a South African no, slash. You know like, it just bleeds into all sorts of different. You have a good Northern Ireland impression, actually, don't you? I wasn't such a car too early in the morning. <laughs> You heard me. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. I remember, I I, I think uh, when you hear like an Irish A guy Irish I know person, actually said that to a taxi man before <laughs> while drunk years ago. I remember. And, like I wouldn't start the car to wait in the morning. Like if he starts it in the afternoon, it'd be grand. Like, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. I remember what the lads. I, I never haven't knew. got a baldy. I haven't got a ball there. I, one of the lads I do at school, he, I never knew his father was from Northern Ireland and he showed up one day and I was working in a bar and he goes, he goes, uh, can I have a, <laughs> can I have a, uh, wait, one second, can I have a pint of cordial? And I was like, what? A, a pint of what? Cordial. I was like, what the fuck? And he said cordial. I was like, a pint of cordial. But uh, yeah, look, shout out to all our friends above Northern Ireland for playing. Anyway. Who've I got to kill? I got a pint of Harper on <laughs> there. <laughs> Give us an Australian accent. So. Go on. Oh God, no. Go, go on. <laughs> What a I've, I've done enough. I've insulted enough, uh, <laughs> insulted people. enough people. I've made enough enough people mad with my uh, with my impressions <laughs> and my uh, yeah. Right. Uh, we'll obviously talk about the OC card in a second. Here, I'll throw it over to Sean Sheehan to talk about that. Uh, next week's cards. There's a good Eagle FC card actually next week. Uh, Jorgen de Castro is fighting Junior Santos in the main event. Hector Lombard is fighting Thiago Silva. What a fucking banger of a fight that could be. Um, Mackie Patolo is on the card and a few more as well. Honey Marks. I've actually already previewed this fight for uh, Sherdog and I've missed maybe two or three of these fights that I uh, have just been added to it. So enjoy those, lads. Um, there's actually a very good fight on it, right? Dylan Mantello against Dennis Hughes. They fought before. It's up on UFC Fight Pass. It's a banger of a fight and they're rematching. So that's when I would... Uh, I would tune in for there in that. Uh, and in the UFC, they have a fucking 11 fight car. Not too bad. And uh, obviously, the, the lads are previewing it at midnight on Thursday night, probably. Um, Holly Holm, Ketlin Vieira and the main event, Graham. Thoughts on that one? Like, it's a fight that has been talked about for a long time. Yeah. I, I like Ketlin Vieira, but a t- Holly Holm is a tough matchup for the way she fights, isn't she? Yeah, like when when I when I saw this matchup, I, immediately what came to mind is this is going to be a boring Holly Holm win, point fighting on the outside, and yeah, yeah, I don't see this being a very exciting fight. Hopefully, I'm wrong. You know, Holly Holm has obviously some amazing moments in the UFC. That Ronda Rousey one uh, knockout is like you know a huge historic moment, but. A lot of her fights throughout the years before the UFC, even in the UFC, when when she's happy just to to win a boring decision and to point fight and to win, and I think she probably will be able to do that here, and she probably will choose to do that, and that will probably be how the fight goes, and maybe it won't be that exciting, and it might be yet another not so great main event. Yeah, we've had a few, we've had a few of them lately. Uh, the comment event, though, I think will be a very good one. Uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio yeah. against Michelle Pereira. If if Pereira comes out and bees the wild man that he that he is, that he really is, if he comes out here and tries to kind of be technical, yeah, it won't be as exciting. It's probably still be good, but hopefully he comes out and acts like a wild man and puts it on Ponzinibbio at the start um, I think he's kind of left that behind him a little bit though uh, I mean he's yeah he's not, uh, unfortunately. not as much that as he used to be you know yeah but that, like if he, if he comes out and tries to just go technical with Ponzinibbio he's probably going to lose but if he comes out and you know I don't know throw some Balls fucking rolling thunder yeah. or fucking something mad I agree or throw some axe kicks or fucking I don't know I agree. Well, I want to see something that like Pereira. he does shit that he do, he doesn't even know the technique and he's just throwing it anyway. Legend. That's that's exactly what I want to see about Michel Pereira. Maybe not. That's maybe it's not the best thing for Michel Pereira himself and his record. But 
In this particular oh. fight, though, it might uh, yes, be. Yes, I agree, yeah. actually, yeah. I agree. Because Ponzinibbio is a very good, like, he, well, maybe he's not the best technical stand-up striker in the world, but he also, like, he can get hit. And I think Pehe is a better athlete than him. And as you, you know, size make fights, as you just kind of alluding to their gram, and I do think as well, yeah, I would agree. And get Ponzinibbio thinking, like, if he gets yeah. into a kind of boxing match with him, yeah, it could go either way. I'd probably favor Ponzinibbio, but if Pehe can make him think or even land something big at the start and you know, get out to a lead and then building confidence and kind of might be able to style on him a little bit. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that's going to be, I'm hope, hoping you're not right and he's left it behind. Sometimes these guys like Lando Venata, for example, he's just an average kind of not great fighter in the UFC now because he's trying to be like kind of generic. Where when he came into the UFC, he was a wild man, and that's what made him entertaining. And that's what nearly made him beat Tony Ferguson, and made him—I can't even remember—was it a sp- turning side kick or a spinning back kick to the face knockout at one stage? And you know, uh, I hope per, uh, Michael Perry doesn't go that way. Michel Pierre, please, Graham, get it right. Michel <laughs> Pierre. Sorry. Anyway, Jelton um, Almeida is also on this card. I d- isn't he the lad they were calling like the Brazilian Habib the last time? So he's a big fucking heavyweight wrestler. He's very good. He's fighting Parker Porter, who is hits hard, but not great other than that. Uh, Chidi Njokowani, uh from the, the famed Njokowani brothers. He's fighting Dusa Tatarovic. That should be a a bit of a banger on the feet, I would say. Uh, Ju Young Park is fighting Eric Anders. Joseph Are they just Holmes. famed because they're brothers, yeah? I just think because the name Injokoani is so great. Like, Anthony Injokoani was one of the great names in the history of MMA. And then he's a brother, Chidi Injokoani. Like, I think we've probably known about Chidi Injokoani since before he made his debut. Now he's 28 fights deep. It's like, I love a bit of Chidi. Bit of ch- Chitty Bang Bang, isn't it? Chitty Bang Bang is Jokowani, <laughs> that his name? Yeah. That's, that is the best name in the history of MMA. Hands down, like. It has to be up there. So that's alone is good enough for me. Uh, Joseph Holmes against Alan Amadowski. Fair play to the two E lads. Congratulations. Uh, and there are other fights on as well. Chase Cooper's on the card. Fair play to him. He'll probably lose if the other lads any use. So, um, yeah. There's a card yeah, At least there. they only made it a, they didn't make like a 15, 16 yeah. fight card in fairness. So <laughs> it didn't there is some positives <laughs> going into this <laughs> Try to punish us again, but sure, look. Uh, right, we will, uh, there's one championship card next week as well too. Uh, Bushesha is on that one, Graham. Do you know that lad, the big heavyweight uh, jiu-jitsu guy? He is uh, taking on, I watched, I actually did a bit of a preview for this, for sure, dog. Uh, not a great one, I won't lie. And uh, he's taking on some other heavyweight lad who is, uh, who's actually okay. To be honest, he's a good wrestler, which is probably not a good thing for Bushesha. And he could throw a few kicks and shit as well, so... Probably not bad, you know, it'd probably be alright. And there's some footboxing and shit on it. Shinya Yoki is going against Cade Rayatolo and Gary Tonin is going against Tyra Rayatolo in grappling. And those boys are out of the famed Andre Galvao Atos gym. Uh, and if you're, if you're wondering where I got that information from, thank you very much to Andrew McGann who told me all that information about those lads. Apparently they're right good. And there's a bit of Dan or her death squad versus Atos. I know I'm just gonna stop this shit. Who cares? Anyway, right, let me throw it over to Sean Sheehan here to talk you through the UFC. Thank you very much, Sean. Okay, I'm gonna run through this one pretty quickly. It was a, a relatively uh uneventful card, I suppose you could describe it as. Uh I go from top to bottom here. Uh Andre Petrosky beat Nick Maximov. <laughs> Maximov came in. Uh he said to the commentators that he was the best grappler in the division. Uh, and he ended up getting submitted in 76 seconds, choked to sleep with an anaconda choke. So that was about to the bottom and top of it. Petrosky called out uh, Gerald Mershart for three weeks' time. Probably won't happen, but, you know, not a bad fight. I wouldn't mind seeing that happen. Tatsuro uh, Tiara went out, beat Chris Candelero pretty uh, pretty well over three rounds. It cut a funny promo afterwards, goes to 11 and 0. He's not bad. Virna Jandiroba dominated Angie Hill over three rounds. A lot of shy talking this from Angie Hill's teammate, Dominic Cruz, about control and all the shit. He admitted, I don't think it was in this fight, it was in a, a, a future fight, uh, that he doesn't read the rules. And, uh, you know, he decides that the tertiary uh, scoring criterion uh, is the one he actually looks at first. So if you, you ever hear Dominic Cruz talking about a score again, you know that he is making up his own rules and to not listen to him. But um, Jandy Robo, good performance. She uh, almost got Hill uh, in the submission at the very start, uh, or in the very first round, 
and in the second round as well um, and then she had four minutes of top control or even more five minutes even of top control with some shots as well and Hill uh, landed absolutely nodding on her so it was one of those it was a heel hook in the first and arm bar almost in the second the heel hook was really effective grappling you know we talk about effective grappling just go and watch that heel hook there was a grimace uh, on Angela Hill's face uh, she looked in bad trouble. Looked like it was almost going to be finished. And that to me is ex- exactly what effective grappling is. So, a dominant win there for Virna Jendihova. Beautiful knockout in for Michael Johnson. He knocked out Alan Patrick uh, with four beautiful shots of a combination. The last of which was a left hook. And then there was a, f- a few ground strokes as well uh, to, to eat it up after that. An interesting first round in that one. Kind of a, a back and forth. Uh, I thought Johnson won the first round, although it was very close. Both were kind of hurt, but Johnson seemed to be landing uh, the better in that one. And then he came out in the second and looked even better. Uh, didn't want to cut a promo afterwards. Bisping kind of made him. And uh, yeah, it was it was a great finish though and a good fight there for him. Uh, Viviana Harujo then put on a great performance against Andre Lee. If anyone listened to the preview show, I kind of... Maybe called the way this fight was going to go early. I thought Andrea Lee would push a pace on a Haruja to take away her gas tank. And she did. But the problem is it actually took away Lee's gas tank and a Haruja kept going and looked strong. Her wrestling looked way better than this. I think that's the thing that probably shocked Andrea Lee. Um, I think she probably thought she ha- would have the better wrestling in this one, but she absolutely didn't. A Haruja had better wrestling. Andrea Lee knocked her down hard early. And I thought the fight was over. Um, and in Arahujo hurt her as well, but she came back and uh, she kind of took over the, point of the fight at one stage. Close first round, um, t- uh, 10-8 in the second, I think, and then uh, the third round was uh, was Arahujo. So yeah, she won that one and a very good win for her there. Uh, Jake Hadley then lost to Alan Nascimento all three rounds uh, on, on my card anyway. Um... Uh, the, the first round was some great grappling exchanges. Hadley went for a go-go plata at one stage, and I think he kind of gained respect a little bit of Nascimento, but the further the fight went uh, into the second round, and it was on the ground again, and Nascimento knew that Hadley really was struggling to get up. He did get up at one stage, but he was struggling to get up, and he knew that you know he was landing a few shots and just kind of holding him down there. It was enough because Hadley wasn't really landing anything on the feet and didn't have any submissions. Uh, of note he went for the guillotine in the third and he after landing one or two on the feet and uh, it was a bad mistake because he did land on top for a second looked like okay maybe it wasn't a mistake but then uh, Nascimento kind of swept him a little bit ended up on top ended up landing some shots and uh, at the very end of the round ended up landing a good bit of ground upon and definitely won that round as well so um, yeah look at <sighs> Jake Hadley coming into the UFC. I know a few people have said, okay, Nascimento's not in the greatest run, or in the UFC especially, but 25 fights in his career now, and Hadley only eight. Nah, not the biggest fan, maybe, of that matchmaking. And it wasn't one I called out beforehand, honestly, but having watched it there, it was like, why are you... Do, why are you? I don't know. We've talked about it so many times with uh, the new fighters coming into the UFC. A lot of them English, maybe just because we're seeing the fighters from Cage Warriors on this side of the world going in there, and... The matchmaking seems just ludicrous at times, and uh, this was uh, this wasn't ludicrous, no. But this was another matchmaking uh, piece of evidence that suggests that it's not being thought of maybe as much as it should. And um, yeah, Nascimento goes on. He's nineteen and six. Where's he going? And Jake Hadley just gets a step back in his career. That was it really needed. Like if this fight had happened in two years' time, if Jake Hadley had won three or four more fights. Uh, would it have gone the same way? Maybe not. Like, will Nascimento be that good in three or four years? I don't know. It just it seems a very short-term type of, type of matchmaking, but anyway. Um, Frank Camacho and Manuel Torres put on a great fight for three and a half minutes, but Camacho, it seemed like throughout the whole thing, was uh, just on the wrong end of all the significant strikes, and Torres was hurting him and hurting him hurting him. Uh, ended up knocking him down. Herb Dean kind of went in and did one of those mercy stoppages, which in this case I was kind of fine with because Camacho was getting hurt throughout the fight. Um, and it was it was one of those ones where he was open to get another shot and Herb stopping that is fine by me because you have to look at what came before as well and you have to look at the damage that was taken and uh, Camacho certainly did it. Torres, I think, is a good fighter and definitely wanted to go for going forward 13-2 now. 
Kenneth Kagan and Amanda Hebas put on a, a pretty good fight. Hebas came out at a pace, took Chukagan down, but didn't do much on top, landed some strikes. Uh, and in the second and third were similar. She took her down in the, the, the second as well, uh, but Chukagan had the better of it maybe standing up. I think the judges... Look, it was one of these fights. It's a fight. The judges can be anywhere and everywhere, and I think they were, but Chukagan landed the better stuff, and she ended up winning uh, a split decision. It was a close fight. I thought all three rounds were very close. I think you can see from the judges' point of view any round going anyway, honestly, in that one. But, uh, yeah, it was a good fight. Uh, you know, you, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, it was a Chukagan fight. No, well, it, to be fair, it wasn't a normal Chukagan by decision fight, although she did win by decision. But it was a good fight. And uh, one you could, should even go back and watch. I think it was that good, so very good. Fight of the night then for me, David Grant against Louis Smolka. Um, well, maybe it wasn't. Well, it probably was fight of the night, actually. Um, let me look down through it. Is there anything better? Patrick and Johnson might have been better. Yeah, but it was very good. Uh, David Grant came out and he was just piecing Louis Smolka up. Um, close to a 10-8 in the first round, I thought. But not quite. Uh, and in the second round in, I remember thinking at one stage, I was like, well, if this turns into kind of, not necessarily a battle of attrition, but a battle of who has the better chin and who can take more shots, uh, even from a certain point to an, the next point, I was like, Lewis Mulk is going to win that because Lewis Mulk I take it shot after shot after shot and nothing was shown. And then Davies started taking maybe three or four shots and it was shown in his face and he was looking tired. And uh, I thought Smolka won the second after Davy won the first, but Sm- Davy came out quick in the second, in the third, sorry, landed two or three leg kicks and it buckled the knee of Louis Smolka and Davy ended up knocking him out. It was, uh, I see there's TKO KO here. This was a KO. This was a coffin nail KO. He knocked him out with a big hammer fist on the ground after Smolka had gone down. But another fantastic fight. A great display from uh, Davy Grant for... The first round, anyway, and into the second round, Lewis Smoke got unbelievable cardio, unbelievable heart, unbelievable chin. But uh, in the end, it was just a better, the better fighter won it. That was simple as that in the end. I thought the more... Look, I thought David would win, and I thought he would actually win by decision. I wasn't too far away, honestly. And a lot of that was to do with Smoke's durability, and he showed a lot of durability. But the problem was, there wasn't much coming back, and that's not good enough at this level against someone like David Grant. Uh, the co-main event then... You know, Ian Kutalaba does Ian Kutalaba things. There's a fucking aeroplane going on. Can you hear that? It's like there's an aeroplane fucking crashing outside, lads. What the fuck? I hope you can hear that in the microphone. It's like the loudest aeroplane I've ever heard in my life. Going, uh, uh, going right outside my window at fucking 6 o'clock in the morning here. Where are you, where are you coming from, lads? Um, anyway, what was I talking about? Ian Kutalaba. Yeah. Um, bizarre sort of fight. Because Kutalaba, if you watched... A couple of his recent fights, he has wrestled a lot more. And um, he got on top of Span a couple of times here, and he tried to stand up, like, most of the times. So I'm like, you're on top of Span, okay, and in the end, Span ended up winning by submission, but he's not exactly fucking Vinnie Magalesh on the ground or anything like that. You know, you can stand top of him for a while, land some ground upon from the guard, and, you know, if he goes for a submission or something, just get up. Like, it's like, I didn't think it was in that bad of a position, but he kept getting up, and then when he did, Span was kind of kicking him off, coming in with big shots, and landed a couple of them, and I thought he actually hurt him, at the, he hurt him at the very start, with a right hand, and good lava came through it well, well maybe not hurt him, but connected, um, and then he hit him again, later in the fight, but, uh, Kutalaba kind of, you know, got caught in, in one of those high elbow guillotines, uh, Span, Pulled it to the ground, got into the mounted guillotine, and Kutalaba tapped. And um, <laughs> I think this has a lot to do with Kutalaba getting beat on the feet. Then he got the fight to the ground, where I thought he would have been a little bit superior in terms of the striking on the ground anyway. And he just kept, continued to try to give it up, and it was bizarre. So he'd know where to kind of go, and then he kind of panicked in the end, ended up getting caught in the guillotine. But a good guillotine, a very good submission finish for Ryan Spann. Um... The only thing I would say is Span held onto the guillotine after about 10 taps and after Herb Dean coming in as well. So that was a bit bizarre. I haven't seen one of them in a while, but that wasn't great for me. I didn't like that. Uh, so, yeah, that was the comment event. And then in the main event, another bizarre fight. Jan Blahovic got his uh, eye cut badly uh, in the first round. Um, very even, very close first round. I thought Rakic was doing well. He was doing well in the second as well. Got a few takedowns, got on top. Um... But a very good fight, a very good technical fight on the ground and standing up as well. Rakic, I thought, was doing very, very well. And then it went into the third round. Uh, Jan Blachowicz threw a leg kick 
to the left lead left leg of Rakic and then he stepped back on the right leg and as he stepped back on the right leg the um I, I, I MCL I believe is it maybe I don't know I'll have to get onto one of my physio friends and talk about it. but the ligament at the outside of the right knee just snapped and you can see it on the video it just snapped and he went back down fell down and the referee had to call it and that was that uh, it was working out to be a very good fight Rakic was doing well Blahovic when he got his uh, got on the feet he was landing but Rakic got on top for a good while and landed some good shots on top when he was uh, able to get there and it was you know it was turning out into one of those good back and forth even fights uh, that I think was by no means won by either guy at that stage so um, unfortunate the way it ended that way but you know Rakic did his knee and he couldn't have kept going there was no way and uh, Blahovic um gets to win and could get a title shot against uh, whoever wins coming up here in a couple of weeks all right lads i'm going to leave it at that thank you all for listening to the podcast uh if you're not on patreon please get on patreon it'd be great it's only a five or a month uh, i think it comes to like six twenty or something with tax and all that shit so um price literally the price of a point in the fucking gibson above one a month a month a month now lads how many days are in a month? 30 days for six quid. What's that? Not a lot anyway. I'm not good at maths. So it's like 20 cent a day. There's like five podcasts a week or something like that. Oh, and we have a new feature as well coming. Next Friday, we actually have a new a new feature. Uh, uh, well, I'll just say it. I think I will because like, I didn't have to actually do it. So we're doing like a bet of the week from all the Severe and May crew. As, uh, as many of them that's in it in anyway. And I'm going to post it. Uh, every Friday so it'll just be like a written piece Sean Jean's better week is this Andy Stevenson's better week is this Graham's better week is this and every Friday it'll go up and I'll post it there so that's a new thing for Patreon only Um, so yeah look forward to that there patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast thank you to everybody for listening my name is Sean Sheehan for Graham McDonald as well I'll see you all again soon